Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. All right, everybody, here we go. Another episode of Pulse of Finns Nation is here. I am your host, Louis Sung. No Ron Caniff tonight. He is out sick, so everybody give him well wishes in the comments. And, of course, though, I do have our good friend Chris Early, otherwise known as Duke. Sir, how are you feeling now that we've had our victory Monday? I'm feeling in first place. I don't know about you. We are in first place, and not just the AFC East, the entire AFC. And we have only one team left to contend with because the Jacksonville Jaguars lost to uh, the Cincinnati Bengals and their backup quarterback, Jake Browning. I didn't watch that game. I don't know if maybe you did, but there are a lot of people talking about how Jake Browning could potentially end up getting a big contract next season just because of how amazing he did for them. Uh, I saw some of the stats, but I mean, hey, listen, Matt Castle... For the Patriots back in 2008, went 10 and 6 or 11 and 5, something like that. I don't it was 11 that. and 5. Yeah, it was 11. They were tied with Miami, but Miami had the tiebreaker. So, uh, yeah, just kind of watch out for those backup quarterback contracts like that. Just because they come in and play one good game. Um, who knows? Maybe Brock, the Jets, I, I, I Maybe still the Jets remember, give them a big deal. I still remember Brock Osweiler getting paid. Case Keenum got paid. The, how many times did Ryan Fitzpatrick get paid? Kind of. So. Hey, Ryan Fitzpatrick carved out a nice career for himself. Oh no, I've, no, I'm not dissing his uh, career. He made he he played in the league. What is it, 15 years almost? A, a long time. And he, uh, it was always a, kind of a. I seen it was like a running joke. If your team signed Ryan Fitzpatrick to be the backup, the starter was going to get hurt. Yes, the um, the cycle of Fitzpatrick. Yes, but <laughs> uh, when Miami signed him, he was said to be the starter. So uh, it kind of went reverse. But um, whatever. Yep. So we're going to get into everything. We're going to do a quick recap of the Washington Commanders game. Uh, The Dolphins dominated. And then we're going to get into some of where Miami is right now with the AFC. They control their own destiny, ladies and gentlemen. I want to talk about that. And also we'll get into some of the the upcoming Tennessee Titans game. But before we do all that, just want to go ahead and mention that, as always, this show is brought to you by our good friends over at PrizePicks.com. PrizePicks.com is a revolutionary fantasy platform where you can now pick up to six different players across professional sports leagues, whether that's the NFL, the NBA, the MLB, one of each. It's up to you to decide. Just choose whether your chosen player will get more or less than their projected stat. They give you free squares, special Taco Tuesday promos, which, by the way, there are some available right now on price picks if you want to go on over there and there are also flex friday specials where you can get your money back if you lose or multiply the amount of money you can normally win so with offers like that it's hard to justify not signing up if you are any kind of a fantasy sports fan so use the promo code five that's f-i-v-e and they will match up to 100 dollars on your initial deposit when you sign up get the promo code five f-i-v-e go to pricepicks.com deposit your 100 dollars, and let price picks give you 100 of their dollars for you to play with and get started winning today and of course, this show is now also affiliate sponsored by my Nintendo store. So let's face it, folks. I feel like we're all gamers at heart to some extent. It doesn't really matter who you are. You've probably played a video game at one point in your life at this point. So this is where Nintendo comes in. For nearly 50 years, they've been creating all-time classics that are remembered by every generation growing up. And right now, they have special deals going on for what are sure to be more top-selling games in Nintendo's endlessly long lineup. For instance, as you see highlighted on the screen right now, if you're watching it live, Super Mario RPG, a classic from the days in Nintendo 64 is being has been completely remastered from the ground up and has been released as of november 17th for new audiences to enjoy mario's first ever rpg adventure it is already one of the highest selling games on the market right now and also out right now super mario brothers wonder which is the mario brothers latest completely original adventure for you guys to enjoy so it is already being getting rave reviews from both critics and gamers alike and you know how hard it is to get those two groups to actually agree with each other they're usually at each other's throats so if both of them like it there must be something good here so all you have to do is just click on the link in the description below to order either of these awesome titles and as a result you will be receiving bonus items upon making your purchase so click on the links in the description below when you make your purchase my nintendo store your best and quickest gateway to the world of nintendo all right duke so washington commander's game 
Dolphins won 45 to 15. We talked a little bit about this during the post game. Miami right now controls their own destiny. They have done everything that we could have asked of them. The only thing that they have not done, and this is where the uh, the narrative continues to roll, is that the Dolphins have not beaten anybody that they're that they're I guess not supposed to beat. They haven't beaten a good team, a contending team, if you will. So. And I know that this is going to continue until the Dolphins beat a team on the caliber of like the Ravens. I know that beating the Tennessee Titans this upcoming month, uh, Sunday is not going to do anything for anybody. It's not going to move any. It's not going to move any radars. It's not going to get anybody excited. But the Dolphins will still be ten and three when all is said and done. There you go, folks. I just I just spoiled my ending game, end of the show pick right here at the beginning of the show. The Dolphins beat the Commanders like it was no big deal. And they beat them in Washington. And this is after everybody was saying, oh, the commanders are going to put up a fight. They're going to be able to, they're going to, they're going to surprise some folks with their tenacity and their determination to show that they're not as bad as everybody looks like. Sam Howell was, is is he still the NFL's leading passer? I have to double check on that, but he is not. Who is now? Who in that Uh, case? CJ Stroud. CJ Stroud. Okay. So there you go. Houston Texans rookie phenom. But Uh, I think Howell is second. Um, Tua is third, but Howe has played an extra game as well. So, um, Commanders still haven't had a bye. When is their bye? The last week of the season? It's this week. Jeez, man. Like, uh, how that's that's really far into the season. That's wild. But yeah, uh, they they're they're four and nine. So, I don't know who the uh, there's another team out there that is uh, 13 games. Uh, the Cardinals are three and 10. Maybe it's maybe it's them too. All right, but even then, we were talking about we were acting like Sam Howell was you know he's the NFL he's the NFL's leading passer. He he throws more passes than anybody else in the entire NFL. It feels like does he also lead the league in passing attempts at this point? Which would probably have a lot to do with why he throws for so many yards. Uh, he is the ball more lead. So by how much? That's what I want to know. Um, well, he's ahead by a good margin, even though he does have the extra game. He's had 509 attempts. Uh, the next closest is Patrick Mahomes at 444. So even with the extra game, he has more than 50 more passes attempted than even Patrick Mahomes. And Patrick Mahomes is basically the Kansas City Chiefs' entire offense. So to know that is to basically say, you know, Maybe there should be an asterisk next to this whole NFL's leading passer thing. Because if you throw the ball more than anybody else in the NFL, yeah, you're probably going to complete a lot more passes, but it's not that impressive. It's just like when uh, Josh Allen did what he did against the, uh, the, the Miami Dolphins last season in, and in Miami, talking about, oh, he had himself a terrific game. He, he got this many yards and this many touchdowns. Did you see how many passes he had to throw to get there? Then that was kind of the discussion that was had. Yeah, so it, it, when, it, when you're looking at that stat, you also have to look at um, completion percentage, and you also have to look at um, yards per attempt. So Hal is uh, completing 65.8% of his passes, which is good. You want to be north of 65% in this day and age. Uh, but his yards per attempt is 6.8, <clears throat> so he's below the Mendoza line, which is, it, it, for me, the Mendoza line is 7. You've you got to be 7. Um, although there's, a, there's a lot of guys kind of kind of below 7 at this point. Um, but, uh, for, for reference, <clears throat> Tua is third in the league in yards, but he is 12th in attempts. He's had 401 attempts, uh, 70.1% completion and 8.6 yards per attempt. Those two numbers are both second to, um, Brock Purdy. And of course we all know that, uh, they're looking, some, some folks are looking at Brock Purdy as a potential MVP candidate. Um, I, I guess if we can give Tom Brady MVP candidacy and in all the years that he was playing in the league, I guess we can also do the same for Brock Purdy because again, I don't look at Brock Purdy and I don't see like a spectacular playmaking quarterback. I just see a dude who does exactly what he's expected to do. Doesn't make mistakes. And he's just always on point, always just chugging along slowly, but surely taking whatever is given to him. He's just in that regard. He's perfect. He really is. Yeah, I, I, I got to give him that. I think if you watch him and Tua play, you see similarities um, in the way they play. They're not going to wow you with athleticism. Um, I, I don't know what their athletic profiles are like necessarily, but they're not guys that are going to break out of structure and do wild things. Whereas if you saw, if you watched Sam Howell this week, uh, 
he was very good at getting out of tackles, uh, breaking breaking away and making plays on the run. Um, so his his the, the the second touchdown they scored was uh, I think it was a, I don't think it was a designer I think it was a pass play and he just broke out and scored. So that's not what you're going to get from guys like Brock Purdy or Tua. What you're going to get is you're going to get accurate passes. You're going to get passes on time. And this offense is designed for that, and that's what they excel at. And not everyone is going to be good at that. And I know that's the big roaring debate on, on Twitter these days is, well, Tua you know, throws with anticipation, and that's somehow a bad thing now, <clears throat> some people are saying. Um, he doesn't have the big arm, and Brock Purdy doesn't have a big arm. Uh, but I, I've got to say, we watched as Dolphins fans, we watched Tom Brady for 20 years just destroy team after team after team, not because he was scrambling around like a maniac and, and chucking the ball, you know, no looks or something. It was always methodical, <clears throat> uh, just precision passing. If it was third and eight, you got to stop on first down. You got to stop on second down. It's third and eight. And he throws that nine-yard pass to Wes Welker or Julian Edelman and got the first down. And you're like, oh, and you hated it. And next thing you know, million paper cuts. Yeah. They always hurt. And, it's like it's just like, ow. It's like, and, stop and it. You, and I watched some of that uh, San Francisco game, and you, you got that feeling with that offense. Now, I'm not I don't want to compare the quarterbacks. That's not what I'm trying to do. What I'm saying is that style, we watched it play out for years and years and years. And that's kind of what you're seeing from these style offenses is uh, Miami seems to be compared to San Francisco a little more boomer bust in the sense of you don't see a lot of plays from San Francisco that are or drives, I should say, three yards, 70, what that uh, 84 yard drive like we had the opening drive. So Miami goes down the field and, and scores in three plays, and they're backed up inside their own 20. Uh, you don't necessarily see that methodical moving down the field because we're, Miami's offense is a lot more explosive. But it's the same style. It's not value with athleticism. It's not value with big, super-duper plays. It is I'm throwing the ball to where it's supposed to go, to the right person that's supposed to get it, and we're just going to make it work. And, um, you know, unlike Brady, Tua has some of the most explosive players in the league at his disposal. So, uh, you know, it's fun to watch. And I don't think Tua or Purdy or anybody like that should have MVP candidacy ruled out or their, their play negated because of the style of offense, right? So, Guys like Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes, they are the they're the the sports center types. They're the golden boys of the NFL. Yeah. They're they're the sports center types. They're gonna make the big plays that that wow you and do things. And there's plays that those guys can do that Tua cannot and will not make. Um, but that's not the essence of good quarterbacking. Good quarterbacking is being accurate, making good decisions. Uh, throwing the ball on time, throwing it to the right person, making sure that you don't put the ball in harm's way. Um, and that's what we see from Tua. So if those type of quarterbacks excelled in the past, we shouldn't put them down for it now because they don't have uh, – they're not you know 6'5 with laser rocket arms uh, that sling the ball all over the yard and behind their back and look like they're playing background or backyard football. So um, that's, that's my two cents on the whole – whether Tua should be in there or what he's doing. Um, my one gripe with Tua is he does put the ball in harm's way at times. Um, but he did in this game. Uh, he was he was sharp. Uh, we saw some of the – he put the okey-doke on that uh, one defender. We've seen that before from him. But then he hits Julian Hill for like an 18-yard uh, play for a first down, and then they score, I think, the following play. Um, so – just great play by him. He didn't have the, the greatest stats in terms of what you'd expect from a 45-point output. But at the same time, he's got two other guys on his team that are uh, doing some things, and Raheem Mostert and Devon Achan. Um, so we can go back to all those discussions we had show after show after show. Of, well, should we get Dalvin Cook? Should we get this guy? Should we get that guy? 
we're a couple of plays away from two running backs with double-digit touchdowns. And this is an honest question because I do not know. Is there a is has the, have the Dolphins had a running back tandem with double-digit touchdowns in their history? So I mean, I, the closest thing that would come to mind would probably be either maybe like the olden days, like in the seventies, like maybe Zonka and uh, Mercury Morris and them guys, or, or Ricky up, and Ronnie. I don't think Ricky and Ronnie had it. Um, the last time the Dolphins had two players with double-digit touchdowns. Uh, on the season, so I think 2003, um, Ricky Williams had, I think, 11, and Chris Chambers had 10, or one, vice versa. One of them had 11, one of them had 10. This season, Miami might have three. And Devon H. Chance played four games, four games. <laughs> he, got like, he, got like, he got two carries uh, in the, in the uh, first game he played against the Patriots. One of them was called back to, to a penalty, so he had one official carry. He played, what, three snaps in the Raiders game? So, all season long, the New York Jets, you know, with their top offense, have 10 offensive touchdowns. Devon HN in four games, four full games, nine offensive touchdowns. That's crazy. And so, I, that's my favorite stat of the year so far. I mean, and there's a lot of stats to go around. Um, I wanted to go ahead and just briefly mention this real quick because. Um, the, the discussion's being had a lot about whether Tua deserves MVP candidacy or whether Tyreek deserves it more, stuff like that. I know Alfredo Arteaga is in the in the only the three yards per carry only Finns Discord server, which by the way, it's only three dollars a month. Make sure you're joining in on that. And uh, if you miss the show live, it'll be on the three yards per carry podcast feed right after this. So the thing about this is, I'm gonna do a whole show about this as well on Finns Nation. <laughs> basically breaking down why I feel Tua deserves to be MVP. So make sure you guys are keeping an eye out for that. There are a lot of comments coming in right now, um, and I want to go ahead and address some of them. Uh, I know uh, Duke sent me a message just now in the private chat, basically saying he wants to address this and highlight this. So Parrish Stevens is asking, what would be our draft needs at this point? And the funny thing is that I don't mind answering this question right now because – it's it's fun to imagine like it's it's not because we're not looking at this team and thinking oh okay let's try this again next year let's find somebody in the draft who maybe can turn this whole thing around no now I like to talk about it because I'm thinking how can we enhance what we already have on hand and to be fair to be fair we're going to lose some important players that was actually one of the next questions that was on here is Aaron Andrews is asking who's going to be the toughest player we're going to potentially lose this off season quite frankly those two questions almost go hand in hand so. I'm going to well, go ahead, Duke. I'm going to let you ask the, answer the second question first, so Aaron's question, and then you can answer Parrish's one I'm because gonna, I feel like they're going to go right next to each other. They will. Um, what if I told you that back in August, or we would be having this discussion, and the question of who could be the toughest player we're going to lose this offseason, and the answer would be Austin Jackson? <laughs> would we have believed it and not laughed ourselves off the show? No, I don't wouldn't have believed it for a second. I would have think you would. I, I saw I saw uh, a tweet today in the first like two or three games. He allowed like four pressures total and like so many snaps since then. He's allowed nine total pressures over the course of like 10 games or something. So. Uh, he may have priced himself out of Miami's range. Um, and it depends on. um how they feel about the offensive line in terms of do they want to focus more on the interior or do they want to have the top end tackles? Now they did go out and get Teron Armstead and paid him to a good deal. So they may value the tackles a little more and having an athletic tackle that can get out there and uh, you know, on some of these run plays, <coughs> Keon Smith is um, a good thing to have. So uh, I, I don't know, but he's the potentially the biggest loss but I'll group that together and say it is a uh, it's one of the three offensive linemen. Um, Christian Wilkins is an obvious answer. Uh, but we kind of know where that's going. I think they get something done with him. Um, but yeah, it's going to be one of those offensive linemen because I just they're going. I think they'll get Wilkins, and I think they will get two offensive linemen. I don't think they can sign all three. And uh, Connor Williams is the highest-graded center, according to PFF. Robert Hunt is the high fifth-highest-graded guard, according to PFF. 
So it's it's some tough choices. I do not envy being uh, Chris Greer and Brandon Shore in, in this situation. As far as biggest draft needs, um, it's quarterback. Um, just kidding. Although that is a we do it would be nice to draft a backup quarterback if Skylar Thompson can't be that guy, and so far he's not been that guy. But you're not feeling uh, the Mike White hype. Well, you want you want somebody cheap. Um, uh, preferably just because, you know, you're going to need to, you're going to need to crunch, uh, crunch some numbers to get some guys to fit in. And you want to try to trim as much of that cap fat as you can. So getting a, you know, a fifth or sixth round rookie quarterback to be a backup is a, you know, cheap option to have. Um, and you never know when it might work out. Let's say something happens to Tua next year and you have another Brock Purdy step in. So, uh, that's rare, but could happen. As far as overall draft need, uh, I know what I want. I don't think it's a need, but it's what I want. Um, but I'm going to say, not counting the offensive line, since we've already covered that, I think it's going to be the linebacker position. Um, David Long has one year left on his deal after this year. Jerome Baker has an out after this year, and he has a fairly high cap number. Um, if they can work that and get him back, it will not be a need. But if he becomes a cap casualty, um, Duke Riley stepped up and played well this game, but can he do that over the course of several games? Uh, and so far, we've not seen anything from Channing Tindall to suggest he's the answer. That's not to say he isn't, but we've not seen it yet. So I think having a, a linebacker, particularly one that can fit in, because we play a lot of nickel, uh, a guy that's going to be going to have, you know, they're going to have to be uh, be able to fit the run and cover. Uh, and Baker can do that. He's just expensive. So they didn't do a restructure last year. Can they do something and keep get him on a lower cap number for this year? So that's, that's I think, is a big draft need. Um, most other positions, I think, are well, well filled in. Uh, there's some depth and there's some young players there. Um, it, obviously, they don't focus on the tight end position a, a lot. I know that's a, a thing people want to look at, but they did bring in Julian Hill, and he's doing very well um, for what they're asking him to do. So, um, well, what they're asking him to do, though, is they're asking him to block. That's what they're really mostly asking him to do. Like Durham Smythe and Julian Hill and whoever else you want to throw in at the tight end position. As much as we fantasize about the concept of adding Zach Ertz to the team, who, by the way, we we still do not have an answer as to where he's going to land. Uh, Darius Leonard or Shaq Leonard, however you want to say his name, he finally he finally stood up and said, yeah, I'm going to Philadelphia. Uh, oh, geez, who could have seen that coming? Oh, my God, what a shocker there. So, so. But as far as what I feel like um, Miami's biggest needs would be, first of all, I think that they are going to lose Jerome Baker. I would 100% believe they're going to lose Jerome Baker, and I think it is going to be an intentional losing of him. I don't know if they're going to trust Channing Tindall to get the job done. I would not be opposed to it. And uh, really quickly here, um, before I continue... Please. So we don't have we don't have Ron. He's out sick. We don't have Alf. He's doing uh, OnlyFans stuff. But I did manage to find one third man who hasn't been here for a while. Those of you who are familiar to Pulse of Fins Nation, I'm going to go ahead and bring him in now. Our good friend Manny Chang, the Eagles fan, who uh, actually might be a little less happy <laughs> this week. How are you, sir? Good evening, guys. Hope you all doing well. Um, I think. Uh... Was there a game on Sunday? I totally missed it. Um, I've been watching. <laughs> listen, listen. There's. There's Formula One news today. There was WNBA last week. Was it last week? Week before? Um, as a Blue Jays fan, Shohei Otani news is going crazy for me. And I would probably say, um, yeah, the Miami Heat are still playing. So, yeah, I have no idea what happened on Sunday. <laughs> like, I, I, don't, I don't blame you, man. I don't blame you. Just put it out of your mind. It never happened. By the way, I do want to say on this show. And oh, boy. What's up, Doogie? I do want to say this. Lewis had me on the show, I think, what was it? The week of the Eagles game. where Jaylen How Ramsey, long have you been holding on to this? Where Jalen Ramsey, Ramsey hadn't yet been inserted into the lineup. And all Dolphin fans on this platform were freaking out. Uh, Vic Fangio, is he overrated? Did we get the right guy? And I said to Lewis, I said, wait until he gets Jalen Ramsey. Because this is when a vet coach of his stature puts that man into positions that makes everything work. And it's been happening. So, hey, I just want to say, you got to give some things time until you get all the pieces together. Oh, and okay. right now, that nobody wants to throw to that man, and other guys are, are just 
wreak havoc because of it. Oh, I thought you were going to bring up the whole uh, 10 penalties against Miami, zero against no, Philly. No, 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 no. Comment. no, no, no. I, I, I've never thought that penalties cost a game, even though they do change momentum. They absolutely do change certain ways and where, where games are called. But in the end, to me, it's, you know, did one team make more plays than the other? As, as an Eagles fan, I'm, I'm rapid to say we've been lucky, but I felt like last Sunday everything got caught up to us. Everything just from being lucky on defense that we haven't been blown out to the offense not being able to come back after two possessions down. So, yeah. As for officiating, I think it's just kind of down across the league, it's just inconsistent in every game. Um, I even tweeted this week about uh, someone showed the hit that uh, Patrick Mahomes had. Oh, he was a man. And I tweeted, I was like, if you're going to get the penalty, go ahead and hit him like Sean Taylor hit that Bills punter in the Pro Bowl. Mm-hmm. Just clean Sean, Sean Mormon or whatever. Yeah, yeah, Mormon. yeah, yeah. Brian Mormon. Yes, thank you. Brian Mormon. Yeah, uh, yeah. He, uh, you're going to get the 15 yards regardless. Go ahead and earn it. I mean, I I grew up playing a lot of basketball, and that's what I was taught. It's like if you're going to foul somebody, make them earn it. Don't slap them on the hand and get them two free shots. So, um, you know, if he's running toward the sideline, he's going to do that. He's going to tiptoe and see if he can draw that extra penalty make him make him regret that um that's why i don't like seeing two a run because they're people going to hit you uh, i'm not a fan of that um some quarterbacks are good at it um i don't think two is one of them and he can scramble and get yards but he's not a guy that's going to run to to make things happen so just you know slide when you can buddy uh but yeah i think officiating just across the league is just inconsistent there's just stuff that's being called in some games and stuff that's not being called in others I don't know. I think they need to work on that. So then the last thing I'll say about this, we all saw that pass interference so that happened, right, about two, three plays later. It's called a makeup call. I don't know if you guys have heard, have, have heard of that part of it. Yeah. But yeah, it's, been a, it's called a makeup call. So. All right, my friend Lewis, where were you guys in the segment? <laughs> Sorry, so, I cut you off. No, that's fine. No, I get it. But we were actually talking about because now we're having – we're actually enjoying our season. So now somebody asked um, what would be the Dolphins' draft needs at this point, and not in the sense that we need to fix the team, but more in the sense of what can we do to enhance what we already all have. Line, all line, all line, all line, all line. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's actually kind of interesting because, Aaron, I'm going to put the comment back down again, is that who's going to be the toughest player we're going to potentially lose this offseason? Duke was mentioning that, believe it or not, Austin Jackson might be that guy at right tackle because of how he's performing and, and this year. Before, before we go any further, I, I discovered this this week while I was perusing stats. All right, Miami's you know, top of the league in several offensive categories, rush, running the ball, passing the ball, all that stuff. The top five players in terms of snaps, Austin Jackson is number one. 710 snaps, by the way. I just looked it up. Yeah, he's, he's, he only missed eight snaps, and that's because the Jets, some Jets player got their uh, drawers in a wad. Some Jets uh, And uh, number two is Tua. Mm. Number three is Durham Smythe. Number four is Tyreek Hill. Number mm. five, across the team in total snaps, Leah Meikenberg. That's... That's 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 scary, you know, because Eichenberg has played right guard, he has played left guard, he has played he's center, he's just line. he's been everywhere, <laughs> and he's not been noticeable. All right, we'll give him the Buffalo game. He was put in a tricky position there, but have you watched any of these games and said, "Dad gummit, Liam Eichenberg, get your stuff together"? You have not. Same thing with Austin Jackson, and if you'd have said that on a show in August, I would have laughed at you. By I think way, anybody would have. By the way, Austin Jackson in 110 snaps has only had six penalties called and has allowed only two sacks. I don't know what kind of – Pretty elite, if you I ask not, me. I do not know what sticky notes Butch Berry has been putting in his locker, but it whatever they're saying is is incredible. And here's the thing about Austin Jackson. He's 24 years old. He won't turn 25 until – I think right as the time the season starts. This is a player that you could potentially sign to like a six-year deal and get all six years out of it. So, um, yep, and I see the comment. That's why we love Butch Berry. Go ahead and put a statue of him somewhere on the premises. He, he has earned it. Stephen Ross just needs to hand him a blank check. So just fill it in and put as many zeros as you want to put on there because you have earned it. Um, it man, still baffles me, man, because I, 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 I want to know. I want to know. What was it? What did he do specifically? I, I don't want to hear about sticky notes in lockers. What did he do? What did he say? 
to piss off the entire Denver offensive line room because he's here in Miami and he's performing miracles. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hand off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durban Marshall credit card bill. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. What is with those guys in Denver? I don't know, but he, he was what he was what the doctor ordered for this team. So um, I, I'm hoping. I don't think he's going to be a candidate for a, a, a position upgrade. I don't think he's going to OC or something like that. So no. This may be the first offensive line coach that we've had in consecutive seasons since the Joe Philbin era. That's that's also scary that we've yeah. had to have had replacements every single year up until that up until this point. So kudos to Mike again. This comes down to Mike McDaniel. Kudos to him for finding and creating what is quite possibly like even even you, Manny, as an Eagles fan, can you name me one off coaching staff in the whole NFL that is as stacked? as what Miami has. McDaniel is the head coach, offensive mm-hmm. coordinator, Frank Smith. You had defensive coordinator, Vic Fangio, who is considered by many to be the best in the modern era. You have Daryl Bavel, who is Russell Wilson's QB guru from Seattle as the quarterback's coach for Tua. Wide receiver coach is Wes Welker, who himself is going to be a future Hall of Famer, more than likely, whether anybody de- believes he deserves it or not is a different discussion. You've got, you've got coaches on this team like the only one that I'm really looking at and I'm saying, nah, no, I'm, I'm looking for an upgrade is Danny Grossman, the special teams coordinator. I, I, I want Darren Rizzi back. <laughs> I want Darren Rizzi back. But aside from that, I'm looking all around the squad and I'm like, where is the weak spot for real? Even today, I was saying, where's the weak spot before the season began on paper. And now as we've started to see all these results, I'm asking again, where is the weak spot? Aside from special teams, you weren't happy with Vic Fangio before we. I wasn't happy with Vic Fangio. No, and I, 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 you were telling me, I, the right guy has father time passed by him. Does he understand the evolution of today's defense in the NFL? (laughs) You didn't want to believe me when I told you that Jalen Ramsey was the missing piece for him to put everything together. I'm just saying. Um, I think all these guys, man. if, If listen, it's been an amazing season. It's not over yet. I know there's a goal, but potentially this team will make the playoffs. That's. I will say that right Not now. Not potentially, bro. It, it, there's um, no way. The question is, now. will they get the home field advantage? And that, I believe, is absolutely huge when it comes not only to a Dolphin fan base, but to this organization that hasn't been able to say, hey, listen, we have the number one overall seed in the conference since when? Are you kidding me? Like, that's that, that right there is an ultimate goal. All these guys, maybe not Vic Fangio, maybe he doesn't want to be a head coach, but, you know, and obviously besides Coach McDaniels, all these other guys have a potential of probably getting much higher – pay raises within the next, you know, what, year or two? Um, I don't see this stopping. Um, I think Coach McDaniels has invested in a culture. This is the product of it. All it needed was for Tua to be healthy last season. Obviously, he wasn't. And you see when you put everything together, it's quite impressive, man. I mean, listen, I, I covered a team um, before the Joe Philbin era, during the Joe Philbin era, um, into that era with Brian Flores before I left. I uh, you know, I can't even imagine how that locker room is after practice, before practice, and even right. Like the mood must be just buzzing more than it more than it's ever you know been. So you see bro. the celebrations; they're having fun. Can you like think about this with Joe Philbin and Brian Flores, and to some extent even Adam Gase? Players looked like they were talking like they were miserable all the time. And when you don't want to, and when you don't want to take it from somebody who works, when you don't want to go to work. It's like, it's the worst thing in the world. It's like, you don't care. You don't want to be there right now. Like, yeah, you're getting paid. You're here to get a paycheck and you want to go home. 
But these guys look like they enjoy going in every single day and coming up, not even just coming up with plays. McDaniel comes up with plays and they practice them and they do what they got to do. But they don't just come up with plays. After they score a touchdown, they probably get together and think, how are we going to celebrate this week? Let's all get together and have a roller coaster in the commander's end zone and just have a ball. Like, it, the one guy that doesn't is Devon Achan. Uh, no, he just holds the ball. There's one other guy. I, I, I don't want to bring up the name, but they did that. And I appreciate the celebration. Two guys. One was Larry Fitzgerald, and the other was uh, uh, Barry Sanders. Just nonchalant. Yeah, I scored. Big deal. I'm going to keep doing it. Um, so uh, I know most of, most of the people that are on social media probably are familiar with Larry Fitzgerald. If you haven't seen highlights of Barry Sanders, just go back and watch. Dear Lord. That was uh, no. There's never going to be another one like Barry. Never. No, like, but uh, like, he was like Jello. He, you the, couldn't catch him. It, it goes back to that old axiom that uh, winning cures a lot of ills. Um, if this team were six and six, I don't think you'd see happiness. Um, I think you'd see a little more seriousness. Uh, the last team that I can remember that looked excited was the '16 Dolphins when they were winning, going to the playoffs. So. Uh, I think that, uh, you know, there's stuff going on there um, that they're positive about it, but it, but it's paying dividends. So, um, and that, that's like that way for any team. I mean, uh, even the Eagles, look at them. They've got a good staff. They got some talent. But if they were six and six instead of 10 and two, you'd probably see some stuff going on is how it is. Um, but, you know, so as long as they keep it winning and they've got a good chance this week against the Titans. Um, I don't know if Derrick Henry is going to play or not, but it sounds like Jeffrey Simmons is going to be out, which is good because Robert Hunt's week to week again. So that probably means he's out. Um, yeah, I feel like this is just code at this point for like, yeah, we're trying to save all our best players for when we go to the playoffs. Not if, when. I think they've already – Mike McDaniel can talk about, how, oh, just look, if it, when it's a 13-game season, let me know, and I'll let you know how I feel about it then. But I'm pretty sure, even if it's just – in the back of their minds, internally speaking, they have already penciled in playoff schedule practice. I'm sure they have. There's no way they can't because if they all they have to do, really, realistically speaking, if they just go 11 and 3, unless they have a collapse of epic proportions, they're going to get at least 12. They're going to get at least 12. And if I had to choose a team that it was going to they were going to get 12 against, I would probably pick Dallas out of all the tough teams that they're going to face. Cause I feel oh, like, Buff- I feel like Buffalo is going to, yeah, I know you would. I know you would, Manny, as an Eagles fan, but I feel like Buffalo's always got their number. They'll Buffalo will find a way to miraculously have the best game of the year, because that's what Buffalo does. They just love to beat on the dolphins. As for the Ravens, the dolphins can beat them. They absolutely can. They're having a fantastic season. Uh, I'm not going to hold my breath on them because like they're, like I said, they're a very dangerous team. Dallas, though, like everybody's talking up Dallas. Every time they start talking up Dallas, it's just like the the Stephen A. Smith song. It's an accident waiting to happen. Go ahead. Talk up Dallas. You got to give credit to Dak Prescott, though, the way he's playing, man. Like Mike McCarthy has him playing in in such ways that – you got to give credit to where credit is due. I am only, not giving him MVP is, candidacy for three weeks of football. That's true. The only question with Dallas is can that defense play more consistent? Because when you give up points like that to Seattle, and yes, they have Parsons, but we've all seen how do you go around Parsons, right? You run away from him, you double team him, but then you fake it the other way. Like those are things that the Dallas Cowboys defense, if this team wants to be really considered, um, you know, because they are considered top three right now. In most, I think in most power stuff, or when it comes to the conference itself, but then overall league, I think it's one maybe top five, top six. But that's the only question. But Dak Prescott is playing out of his mind right now. So that is, uh, is that the Sunday night game? Yes, uh, yes, we have to go. Dallas, yeah, is that? Oh, uh, yeah, that's a uh, Christmas. By the way, um, screw you, NFL, for giving us three games in fourteen days. I hate you. I despise you. Mind you, though, I did not use that as an excuse. Yes, we played an overtime game last week, not to mention coming off a short week against Monday night. We being Eagles, but, radio fans. Yeah, excuse me, we being <laughs> Eagles. Um, I always get that mixed up as Kevin Rogers will tell me, Manny, you don't play for them. Uh, <laughs> like that. Um, but, yeah, three games in 14 days. Damn it, NFL. I, I freaking hate you. By the way, the Ravens do have something to play for, though. Let's not forget, not only for the conference, but they also play San Francisco. 
they also have you as well. I think those are two games as well that, that, that the Ravens are definitely circling, noticing that that might be, whether it be conference records or overall records, can be um, the thing in question for them towards the end of the season. Same way for you guys. What is that Buffalo game going to mean? Right, winning that Buffalo game, when will it give it you? It won't mean the division. Goals? I'll tell you that. No, 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 no. Right that, that. That's what I'm saying. Will that win? Whether you win or lose against Baltimore, does that last Buffalo win? Does Buffalo need a win to get to the last wild card spot, or does that win for Miami against them solidify the number one seed in the conference? That is going to be something to watch for. It's going to be coming down to the wire. And I can't see, wait. And, By the way, I'm not even giving the Jets any chances. We've, we've seen the Jets already what they are. Yes, Mom, they are who they thought they were, and they, we did not let them off the hook because they've gone through now their five – what is it, fourth, fifth quarterback of the season. Yeah, so, they, yeah. They, they need to score more points and uh, score more touchdowns than Raheem Mostert before I'll talk about them. Um, <laughs> you saw and, that, right, Manny, that, that Raheem Mostert has more touchdowns than the whole Jets team? That's yeah. Insane. Yeah. <laughs> that's insane. Tyreek Hill has more touchdowns than the Jets' offense. Raheem Mostert has more touchdowns than the entire team. Um, and Achan's only one touchdown away from from tying them for offensive touchdowns. Uh, but if you, you talk about the Dallas game, um, I looked up these stats today. Uh, at home, Dallas is averaging 41 points a game. On the road, it's different, right? On the road, it's 23.7. Mm-hmm. Two of those games were against the Giants, where they scored 40, and against Carolina, where they scored 33. The highest they scored on the road outside of that was Philadelphia. They scored 23 points. (coughs) Excuse me. So if you take those games against non-crappy teams, they're averaging 17.25 points on the road. Now, it's a late start game, and I don't know what time the sun sets in Miami, but it's probably going to be a night game for most of that game. Uh, The sun sets here in North Carolina about – by 15 so chris for us sunsets at five o'clock man <laughs> like that's like yeah going, well the, the further, down and by 5 yeah. 30 we're like where's the lights <laughs> yeah yeah so you know it's going to be a night game essentially yeah. uh so the heat's not going to necessarily play a factor but there was that stat that they showed on the thursday night game where dallas is like really good on turf and not as good on grass so i like miami's chances in that game uh this is going to be a good matchup for them um like playing Balt- in a mirror. Baltimore, I mean, Miami is has one of the best passing offenses, one of the pa- best rushing offenses, and they're going up against one of the best defenses in the league. But it's the same thing for – Miami's got one of the better defenses in the league, or they're starting to come around. Uh, and they've got one of the – and the Ravens don't pass as well, but they run the ball very well. I think they're the number one rushing team in the league. So – it's going to be strength on strength, and that's going to be a heavyweight bout. Uh, I'm looking forward to watching it. Um, as far as this game coming up, I don't really want to overlook it. The team is not because they're professionals and they do that, but we can kind of overlook it. I don't think – I'm disappointed that we don't get the quote-unquote Tannehill revenge game. Um, is Tannehill still hurt? No, he was the holder. Wait, 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 wait a minute. Are Dolphin fans really still like that? Like binging about Ryan Tannehill. Like, now, look, I was a Tannehill fan. I yeah, so was I. But the Ryan Tannehill era Dolphin ran its course. Okay, yeah, what, it's, it's what do you want him to do? So, uh, you know, I, I just think it'd be it, it would be cool to watch him out there and play again. But uh, I, I don't, um, I don't, I don't see them putting up too much of a fight in this one. Um, having Baker not around uh, will hurt in the run game against Derrick Henry. But at this point, I mean, I can tell you who the um, I, I because I'm a nerd. I can tell you who the receivers are for for the uh, uh, Titans. But um, I, outside of uh, DeAndre Hopkins, they don't have a lot of big time uh, perimeter weapons. Um, the guy that's probably worries me the most is uh, the tight end Oconquo. Let's say say his name Oconquo, because um, tight ends always. Have, seem to give Miami issues. So um, I think we're going to see a lot more of JPP in this game. Uh, he's going to be on there to set the edge in the run game. I think we're going to see a lot more Raquan Davis snaps because I think we're going to see a lot more base in this game. And they're going to say, you know what? We don't care if you get out there. We're going to trust our secondary to stop your guys. And their offensive line is 
you know, 2019 Dolphins-esque bad. So it's not good. So I expect a lot of penetration from guys like Steeler and, and Wilkins and whoever else. So Andrew Van Ginkle is going to go ballistic. Speaking of players that we're going to, it's going to hurt to see them go. Van Ginkle is going to play himself into a top tier pass rushing contract. Yeah, he, he's, he's going to get there. Um, I, I want them to resign him. I think, I think they it's will. Not going to happen. It uh, won't, they cannot afford him. They can't afford him. I don't think the market for him is going to be as robust as people think. Then 31 uh, NFL teams are not paying attention. Well, well, I mean, I don't think they're going to – he's not going to go out there and get like the $20 million a year edge rusher contract. With as much uh, penetration as he gets, bro. He gets like anybody that, who watches the nah, film. But I, I think he'll get, he'll get a, a nice deal. But I just don't think it's going to be like top of the market deal. And if that's the case – uh, I think Miami can find a way to squeeze him in. And the reason I say that is because if they do part ways with Jerome Baker, then you've got Van Ginkle as a, well, we can play him as an, a stack linebacker off the ball and move him to edge as well as they've been doing all season. He's only you don't played- want to take him, though, from what he's been good at, though. I, I don't – I don't. Like, that's the issue when you have players like that, that when Vic Fangio finds a position for you and you're flourishing – it's going to suck if he leaves. And I understand players have to get paid. And if he gets the like, $10 million more for, you know, another, you know, on another team, go for it. But if you can somehow work with them and say, listen, look what we've done, right? You're going to be part of a winning organization. We're going to be here for years and years to come. We can't give you that all up front, but we'll make it work somehow. Come on. There's so many kings inside the salary cap. It's not even funny. Yeah. You find some way to make sure he stays on this team because what he's doing right now for this defense on the edge is actually crazy good. And like, and like, no offense to Cam Wake, but I don't remember a linebacker like that doing so many things as before Jason Taylor was on this team. That's how yeah. crazy it is. Like, you can't just let a, that guy go, but if he wants to get extra money, then it is what it is. But if you find ways to get him, man, you, there's no doubt in this defense, he's he's flourishing. And if he stays on for years to come, and you need more than two edge rushers, you need at least three guys. And you've already got two that are going to be under contract and one you're going to resign and that's uh, Jalen Phillips. So he's, why not have him as the third edge rusher? So um, he, he, and, and he went to, uh, he did visit the Patriots this year. Andrew Van Ginkle did. Yeah, yeah. Andrew Van Ginkle visited the Patriots uh, and also visited the Raiders uh, with Josh McDaniels at the Patriot way. So he had, the, he, they have a type. Uh, and then and Vic did, Fangio picked up the phone and said, get your yeah. tail back here. I want to use you. Yeah. So, uh, and part of that's the fact that you don't want to be transplanted either. I mean, you're, you're, this is home. It's been your home for five mm-hmm. years. You want to stay there. Right. So, um, but I think, he, I think he'll have a good game as well. Um, I don't know if he's as good against the run as Phillips. But he's not, but this is where I, that's, but see, see, you mentioned J, uh, Jason Pierre Paul, honestly, and this is just full disclosure. I think before they go to Jason Pierre Paul, they're going to go back to Ogba because Ogba can set their edge. Hey, hey, see, to me, he struggles more in the run game than, than what he should for a guy of his size. I mean, six, four, two, 75, two eighty, something like that. He should be a solid, but he just, it, it's not consistent with him against the run. So, um, they'll work him in. Uh, again, I'm, I'm confident in this game. You, you're going to focus on Derrick Henry, and I, I don't know if he's in concussion protocol or not. I've seen that he is. I've seen that he's not, so I don't know. We'll wait until Monday night. But, uh, you know, focus on him. Tajay Spears kind of scares me a little bit. He is like a Devon Achan type with his speed, and all it takes is one. And for as good as Miami's run defense has been in the past few weeks, they gave up the most rushing yards to Washington that they've given up all season sans the Chargers. So they that was the most rushing yards since week one. Coincidentally, that was the least amount of net passing yards that they've allowed. So they gave up the least amount of passing yards to the passing leader and gave up uh, the most rushing to that team. So um, th- that's what I'm focusing on. I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm loading the box. I'm going to stop Derrick Henry. I'm going to stop Spears. And I'm going to force Levis to throw it outside where Jalen Ramsey and X are lurking. And if they beat us that way, good for them. 
DeAndre Hopkins is gonna get so frustrated. <laughs> he's he's gonna be pissed. I, can't wait. Uh, I cannot wait. Dude. All right, so Duke, it's time for that time. It's that time of the show. Zero hero and your final score for the game. It's uh, we gotta wrap this up. We got uh, less than twelve minutes left. All right, uh, zero. Hmm. I'm gonna go with Emmanuel Ogba. I think he's going to he'll get some pass rushing snaps, but I think they'll use JPP more in a a um. To, in run defense, uh, he'll get his snaps. I just think he's just not going to—he's not going to necessarily show us what we want to see uh, from him. Hero, um, I don't know enough about the the, the uh, Titans to to give a good guess on this, but I'm going to go with uh, A Chan. Uh, I think they're going to uh, continue to work him in. I think it'll be a situation where Miami gets up and stays up and he'll get some garbage time minutes like he did against Washington. So I think he puts up another couple of scores, gets those double digit touchdowns uh, for the season Um, score. I'm going to say 35, 14 dolphins. Does that make me next? (laughs) Yes. You're next. All right. Lewis, explain to me. Zero hero. Yeah, I got stuck for a second. I apologize. I knew it. Uh, I'm like, is that my next? Uh, Yeah, you're next, man. Sorry. Zero hero, final score. I know. I kind of forgot. So what's the zero again? Just the guy that you think is not going to perform to the level we're expecting. Uh, Man, it's going to be tough, man. The Tennessee Titans are not good. Not a good football team. Um, (laughs) No, they're not. I I, I mean, I watch a little. (laughs) They're not a good football team. Uh, I I can't. Listen, I'm not going to name. I just don't see where one guy can cost them. Jason, it, look, listen, I'm going to give you the – If anything, the, it's Jason Sanders. Jason Sanders that's about there it. Go. I, I'm gonna, <laughs> there you yeah, go. I'll give you the easy yeah, answer. Yeah. Jim missed a field goal. Jake yeah, Bailey. Um, as far Jake as – Oh, my God. Jake Bailey with, pisses me off, bro. I, he's a bad <laughs> punter, man. Give me Michael Turk. As far as hero, listen, um, Tyreek Hill is on a mission, man. He wants 2K. He doesn't care how he gets it. What's the record? Is it 2160? No, he, there's nobody's ever done what, it before. Receiving, nobody's ever hit 2,000. Receiving, I think, 1964 19, or something. Yeah, something yeah, like Johnson. Johnson. I Johnson. Megatron. Yeah, listen, I think Tyreek Hill's on a mission, man. Tyreek Hill, I think, again, close to 150, one or two touchdowns. That's going to be it. You um, know that if he doesn't get it in 16 games, they're going to put an asterisk on it, right? Uh, who cares? Everybody, <laughs> apparently. Bro, the Patriots were undefeated until to, to they lost the Super Bowl. Um, I don't know anybody who still counts that as an undefeated season, though. Bro, there's plenty of Patriot fans I saw argue with today. Okay, oh, well, that's never been done in the salary cap era, bro. You still lost the Super Bowl. Calm down. Um, Dolphins 34, Titans 17. All right, so I'm gonna put ahead. I'm gonna go ahead and just uh, pick my hero first. Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and say that this is gonna be a little bit of a a weirder one. I am going to say. And this is something that I again because I want to I want to highlight what exactly is happening. I want to say my hero is River Craycraft, and the reason I say that is because I want to put eyes. I want everybody to see what it is that he does when he's out there. He's not making he's not making plays. He's not taking. He's not catching passes. And a few times they they did they tried to do something weird with him last game. I don't, it wasn't that effective, but they tried to do something with him. But what River Craycraft does as a blocker, every single play that he is out there, he opens things up. You want to talk about Tyreek Hill opening things up? The guys who are doing the blocking that opens things up. You want all these huge rushing lanes that just somehow these super speedsters can get up to speed and be able to go as fast as they do? River Craycraft gets in there and he gives it everything he's got every single block. I want River Craycraft around for a good long time as a support role player. He can do exactly what this offense needs to function. So the only reason I'm picking Craycraft as my hero is because I want everybody to watch him and see what he does. Educate yourselves. If me, this is this is this is even me as a non-film watching person because I don't have that kind of time to be able to sit and just watch film every day. I want you guys to see what River Craycraft does every single game. It is phenomenal. As for the zero, uh I'm going to go ahead and say that the zero is going to be Bradley Chubb. 
He hasn't been uh, quite as strong these past couple of weeks. He had himself a, a good stretch there where he was just going ballistic. But uh, lately, I don't know, we, ha- we haven't been seeing him flash as much. And that's really the only zero quality that there is. It's not so much that he's going to be bad. It's just that he's not going to do as much as you'd hope. And so when Chubb raises the standards, he has more room to be the zero because now all of a sudden it's like, oh, well, he didn't have a fantastic game. So he gets to be the zero this time. But I do think Chubb will probably – he may not get a sack. He may get one. But I think he'll, where he'll – his presence will be felt is in run defense. Um, I think it will – I think they will make a concerted effort to run away from him um, and go to the weaker side, obviously. Um, so uh, – That just yeah. limits things even more for the Titans, <laughs> yeah. more than they already are. So my final score <clears> – <throat> I'm going to go ahead and say that it's going to be something all I don't I, I don't want to say they're going to put up 40 again. I, I I I very rarely ever say that. Like that's why I always estimate low. I always estimate low because it's like assuming that they're going to hit 40. It's just it feels so arrogant, you know, when you, you say know, think about it. Well, hold think on, about Luke. it. Your defense is playing really well right now. Yes, they are. Six. Like I'm just saying. I, I understand that, but it's like it just like to be able to go out here and say that, oh yeah, my team can score can score forty on a regular basis, it just sounds so arrogant. Knowing, like, like, think about it. If any other team, if any, like you, your Manny, your Eagles, if you came out and said, I expect my team to score forty, and if they don't, I'll be disappointed. Could, can you imagine how, like, that's a lot of pressure. Yeah, a lot of pressure, <laughs> a lot of, a lot of pressure. right. You see what I'm saying, right? Yeah. You get it. Because just to assume that they're going to score forty. That says a lot about a team, and I, I get it. They can't. They can absolutely do it. Like I would not be surprised well, if they do it. But it's like to well, predict it is harder. Here, here's the thing about the forty point deal. Miami's had two games this season where they've not turned the ball over, and the um, <clears throat> give me my calculator for a second. They have not turned the uh, they've not thirty plus. The no, not, no, Carlos, it's not um, <laughs> thirty plus. They've not turned the ball game. over in two games, and. The average score in those games, 57.5 points. So um, that was counting the 70 win, 70 point deal. Um, but they scored 70 points. That's a game they didn't have a turnover. And they scored 45 in a game they didn't have a turnover. So if the offense plays clean, 40 points is, you know, a, a I wouldn't say expected, but it's like, well, I think we can get there. Oh, it's definitely um, possible. Chris, be honest. So, Chris, Chris, be honest. It's very doable. That's all you got to say. It's very doable. It's very doable. Now I'm not going to. I'm not going to say that because the Dolphins have played thir- uh, have played 12 games and they've had two clean games. So expect them to have. And, and, and I mean, look, the Carolina game would count if it wasn't for the backup quarterback throwing a pick six. So really, does it count? But yeah, it, when they turn the ball over, they don't score 40 points um, generally. So um, they play clean. They might score 45. They might score 50. If they play a sloppy game, it's going to be a, they might, they'll probably get 30 points and it's going to be 30, 31 to like 24 or something like that. It's going to be closer than it needs to be because look, we gifted the Giants who hadn't scored an offense and they had scored a touchdown in the first half all season. And the first one they get was a pick six at two or three. Um, the Raiders scored six points and we gave the Pats. Pats are like the worst offensive team ever. I saw a stat today said they're the first team since like the 1950-something Bears to hold a team to 10 points or less in three games straight and still lose. So, And we allow them to have free points because of turnovers. So they play clean, 45-7. to If they play sloppy, 31-24 kind of thing. Okay, I will go ahead and I will say the Dolphins score 38 points. And the Titans will score 13 there. 38. Is that, so is that close many, enough? Is that close enough? <laughs> so hold on. So how many Jason Sanders field goals? One field goal and he'll make <laughs> One it. Okay? field goal. He'll make one field goal. <laughs> no. By right. the way, um, I do want to answer Jose's question. Yes, Zach Gertz has not been signed. But Jose, I, I, as far as I know, it's between it, I Baltimore feel like he's and Philadelphia. Yeah, oh, okay. Well, you know what? If that, that's, really what, can, that's what I've been bro, told. You guys can sign whoever you want. It's not fair, honestly. Like, well, because he wants to sign for a, he wants to sign for a contender with playing time. No Andrews in Baltimore, and Dallas Goddard is coming back in an injured arm, a broken arm. I mean, I did yeah. not know that. I don't know what to tell you, I don't know what to tell you. I'm not mad at me. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, he 
I know a lot of Dolphins fans wanted Zach Ertz, but I don't think he was. He's going to fit what they do. He's he's a, a Mike Gesicki type. He's a good receiver. He's a good receiver, Miami, but he's not a good blocker anymore. And, and Miami uh, needs a third blocker. option. Yeah. Which we're talking about the draft question earlier. I said my my pick for the draft. Tanner I'd Connor. A, I'll take a receiver. It's Tanner Connor. Yeah, whenever Miami picks, they're going to um, go with Tanner Connor. By the way, guys, what's going on with Claypool? Is he even going to play? I mean, he'll, he's doing some stuff. He's doing some blocking. Uh, we got uh, to – well, well, then why not convert him into a tight end? He, he played special teams just only convert this past week, so I don't know. All right. Let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. Let's go. <laughs> no, because I, I have Omaha, to – I, I got to hit a deadline. Because <laughs> I got to be uh, – got to hit the, the hour – we got to about to hit the hour mark. So, everybody, thank you all so much for joining us. We really appreciate you spending the time with us. Make sure that if you haven't already done so, you go to pricepicks.com, use that promo code 5, that's F-I-V-E, and they will match up to $100 on your initial deposit when you sign up. And go ahead and click on the links in the description of this YouTube video. Go to my Nintendo store, click on those links when you make your order, and you will receive bonus items when you make your purchase. So that's going to be it. We will see you all next time for another episode of Pulse of Fins Nation. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.